today on the yardstick of love. And there's a good reason I'm doing this because, no, on a regular basis, um, I like to take myself back to this yardstick. A yardstick uh, is um, a a way to measure. And when we're measuring ourselves uh, to see, wow, are, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing. I'm a follower of Christ. That needs to mean something. And we can get really off into what that means. And I love the fact that God has made it very clear uh, what following him looks like. And there's a ton of nuance but we can always go back to the same thing over and over and over. And ultimately, spoiler alert, that will look like love. And love looks like a lot of things, but it looks like what he says it looks like. Uh, and in humanity, we have a tendency to want to create God in our own image. And so, which means we create what love looks like in our own image, which is why we are so confused and in so much bondage. So I wanted to go over this and invite you uh, to take some time to study and remind yourself and go before the Lord and say, Lord, how am I measuring? And I, I, in that, I want you to give yourself permission to celebrate where you're actually doing it well or where you're doing it better than you were before. And if there's stuff, which there will be, that you're falling short, just to receive that as a mature son and daughter of God who needs to grow, but is adored in their growth process. Okay, so as we are uh, unpacking this, Uh, No condemnation, but also honesty, right? So if God is nabbing you on something, he's not nabbing you because he's a jerk. He's nabbing you or because you're bad. He's nabbing you because he's so good and lovely and a good father. And that you're a son and daughter who is so good that, oh, he's not going to leave you alone at being less than who you are. So no condemnation, resist that as much as you would resist sin. If there is true guilt, well, just own it, ask forgiveness, clean up your mess where you where where you can and should, um, and let yourself off the hook, forgive yourself and move on so you can do better. If there's false guilt, go before the Lord. It's like, this is, is this really mine to own? And then uh, uh, engage with God about what lies you may be, be believing that are causing you to embrace guilt for something that is actually not yours to carry. Uh, So let's back up a bit. Why is love such a big deal? Uh, Well, because God says so, and he's love and he might know. But 
in the uh, with the advent of the crucifixion, where God in the flesh, as the person of love, was crucified, buried, resurrected, stuff happened. And as the representation of what love really looks like, which is Christ on the cross uh, and other giving, self-sacrificing, co-suffering love, looking like that, we entered an arena where the law of Moses was fulfilled. And we entered the frame where ultimately what matters now are the laws that we are currently under and it's ultimately the law of love. So let me let me uh, read those to you. That's John 13, 34 through 35 NIV. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay. John 15, 12 and 17. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is my command, love each other. And then second John uh, five through six. And now dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, just in case we're confused, <laughs> that we walk in obedience to his commands as you've heard from the beginning. His command is that you walk in love. And just in case that weren't enough, uh, there's first John 3, 23, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. So over and over and over, this is the deal. Um, there are some other uh, laws. There is a law of Christ, which is to love as he loves and carry one another. There's burdens. That's Galatians 6, 2. And 1 Corinthians 19, uh, 9, 19 through 21, there's the law of the spirit, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there's no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Um, and let's see, I'm gonna, and there's the law of freedom. I'm just skipping down real quick. John uh, James 1, 25. But one who has looked into the perfect law, the law of freedom, has and has continued in it, not becoming a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. This person will be blessed in all he does. Um, so, and the law of freedom is actually the law of love and the law of Christ Jesus and the law of the spirit who is love that brings freedom. So they all interconnect. So ultimately, if you are wanting to obey the laws that God has set, just it's the law of love, ultimately as reflected in the law of Christ, the law of the spirit, the law of freedom, and the law of love and love as a person. And so they're all uh, all consistent, uh, just different nuances of the same thing. So if we're going to figure out how we're doing, what is the yardstick of love? We're going to have to look at what God says love is and not, not these versions. So what happens is in our society and just in and of ourselves, we have a tendency to create God in our own image, uh, just practically in our hearts. All of us tend to do this in our brokenness. So if I were abused, 
and I'm by a father and I'm looking at Father God, I tend to project that onto God and think, oh, God, you're judgmental, you're distant, you're um, wrathful, you're harmful. And I'm just basically created God in my own image, the image that I have. So he's constantly there to hear, to heal our image of him. And God is very clear. He is love. First John 4, 8 and 16. And that is epitomized as Christ on the cross, as other giving, co-suffering love. Um, and, um, And so he pours himself out for people who spurn him and for the people who embrace him. He just pours himself out because he cannot deny his passion for his kids. And... Uh, and that looks, so what does that look like on a, on a practical way? Well, we're not going to literally like climb on crosses for one another when we're called to love one another, but there is a cross that we'll bear, we'll carry. And that's not this um, self-loathing type of thing. No, we're called to love our, our neighbors as ourselves. So, which means we've got to love ourselves. We're a people too, right? You're a person too. That is actually a commandment. Uh, but we need to know how to walk in that in ways that are true love. And and we get confused and we can flip into we're doing good and then all of a sudden we're not. Uh, we can uh, err on the side of uh, the ego, which is puffed up and self-agenda driven versus um, uh, uh, giving out. Uh, out of love for the sake of love, because we look like the one who created us in his image and likeness. So if we're going to figure out what this looks like and see how we're doing so uh, we can celebrate our progress. So this is not all this hit list of, wow, now I really need to feel crappy about myself. (laughs) No, this is not about feeling crappy about yourself. This is that you're too gorgeous to leave you operating as less than who you are, right? So if you're operating as less than who you are, which means you're not loving as Christ loves, and we all, this is all of us, right? We get to be upgraded because we're good, because we're beautiful, because we're lovely. So no condemnation. Um, And we get to celebrate, oh my God, I'm doing better. Like give yourself a credit for where you're doing better. And if you screwed up or are screwing up, well, take it like crap, you're right. Okay. Thank you, Jesus right? We accept discipline from our father who is love because we're his kids. And we prove to be his kids when he disciplines us and says, yeah, honey, that's not worthy of you. You need to knock that off. (laughs) That attitude you got, that resentment you got, that whatever you got, yeah, that's got to go. I'm like, okay, help me with that. And then we get help to do that. So we do nothing by ourselves. So the yardstick is to celebrate and the yardstick is to cause us to grow and become a greater version of who we are because we are lovely and we start to manifest as sons and daughters in the image and likeness of love. And that is where creation is released from its bondage. Okay, so let's talk about the yardstick. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Classic version. It's one of my favorites because it does Amplified. Uh, it does amplify and that this helps us like I need like, okay, give me the word and then amplify. So I get what you're saying and I get nuances that maybe have not hit me. 
Uh, you know, and I, I know you guys, most of you, you've been in the word, you already know this stuff, except we need to be reminded of what we know. And then sometimes in being reminded of what we've heard five zillion times, it's like, yeah, I've never heard that before. Anybody, anybody seen that? This is, this is the eternal, the eternal inspired nature of the word of God uh, that can really help us and bring us up higher. And this also results in our freedom. One of the scriptures that I alluded to, but I didn't speak out specifically is where the spirit, uh, where the spirit is Lord, as the passion translation says, there is freedom. So this is all about your freedom. So this is how we get out of these self-destructive, um, other destructive, uh, just uh, ways that we just get in bondage. And our culture is bleeding out in a lot of ways. And there's a way past it, which is transcendent and eternal and creates freedom. And as one of us is free, we all come up higher. Okay, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I'm reading this in the Amplified Classic classic version. I'm just going to read the whole passage. And then we are going to spend some time unpacking and we get to take out the yardstick. I know some of you are on the metric system. Most of everybody is on the metric system. <laughs> um, but anyway, I like the yardstick because it's tall enough. So like as you're a little kid, so we can look at this as being little kids, it's kind of more our size. Uh, um, and since I don't have the metric system down, I'm not going to pretend I do. We're just going to go that way. And I know you'll love me anyway, because you're fabulous. Okay, let's go. Verse eight, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Yay! Love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best. What a concept of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. And the sons and daughters of God, which is all humanity, say amen. That is breathtaking. And that is the high watermark of where our original design. So you're coming from this, not trying to get there. You're coming from this. And this is being unveiled or released in you. You're working out your salvation with fear and trembling because it's a holy thing, not because you're in trouble. <laughs> God's not mad at you. And this is from glory to glory to glory. 
So we're taking, we're baby stepping it, baby. And sometimes we take big steps and so we take little bitty steps, but we can step and this is ongoing and this will happen until you reach the full stature as a son or daughter of God. So which means when we die and graduate to heaven, this will be an ongoing process. Um, And, but God will have it. Why? Because the fullness of who he created you to be will happen. You're too precious to leave alone. And the faster, uh, the more you cooperate with this, the faster it goes. And so, which means on this side of heaven, we can actually be an answer to the bondage of the world, the seen realm. Um, We can be an answer uh, to that while experiencing more freedom ourselves, but it's not a painless process. Sometimes it's really painful. Uh, if I'm nabbed in a big way, ugh, I have to forgive. And I, I want to either pinch their heads off or blow their heads off. We all, all have that capacity. Um, but I'm called to forgive. I'm called to overcome evil with good. Uh, And then ultimately realize that, wow, I need to bless my enemies. But in realizing that, that ultimately the only enemy is sin, hell, and the grave, uh, the enemy of our souls, but not one another. Okay. And those are big, big boy, big girl panty stuff, but we can do it because we are sons and daughters of God. So let me see where I am here. Okay. Sorry. Um, the first one has got to be the most annoying one ever. <laughs> and this is where we all get nabbed. So this is universal nabbing. It is okay. It is going to be okay. But we need to take it like a man or a woman of God. Okay. And that is love is patient. And usually we like, oh man, I already failed. It. Um, we are an impatient lot. I want it, I want what I want, and I want it now, right? And, um, but that's why it's supernatural, right? Love is patient. Uh, you can't you can't express love without patience. Why? Because in loving people, there's a lot of unlovely out there. And in, in loving myself, I'm looking, Eve, there's unlovely in there. Right. Um, And so that requires patience, patience with one another, patience with ourselves. Right. And that has got to be supernaturally inspired. So ask ask yourself, Jesus, ask, ask yourself in asking Jesus, Jesus, where, where do I need to be more patient? Help me. Oh, holy helper. Uh, Help me to be patient. Help me to be patient with myself. Help me to be patient with other people, right? That is long suffering, right? God is, uh, the, the passion translation in this says, love is large and incredibly patient. So that's good. We need God to be large and patient in a way that, we can't get the credulity of, I can't believe how patient you are, yet you're still patient. 
because, you know, really each and every one of us, he could just flick off the planet and probably be completely justified, but he's love and he's patient. And so he's saying, now I want you to receive my love and love. That's how you're a true disciple. Um, the, uh, the footnote there says love patiently endures mistreatment. It could mean that love is incredibly patient, even in difficult relationships. You got any of those? (laughs) Maybe you're the source of the difficult relationship, right? Um, the Aramaic, uh, can be translated love transforms the spirit. Hallelujah. So it is unfathomable how patient God is. In the next part of that verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is kind. So love is patient. Love is kind. Okay. Well, we don't gloss over that. You know why uh, God, why love is kind? Because it's patient. Uh, patience is a very kind thing. Yeah. Uh, and we can be kind. Um, we can't do anything apart from God. Uh, there, there are times uh, when... Someone is, you know, I don't know if you experienced like, oh God, did I, I screwed up. They're going to be so mad at me. And someone responds with mercy, which is part of the kindness and with patience, which is part of the kindness. And you're like, what? Right. Um, Have you ever, have you ever gone to God with your like sin or whatever with something like, a, a bad one. I mean, they're all bad, but something particularly destructive. And you go to God, does God ever lambast you? He's like, I'm really glad you came to me with that. And that's not worthy of you. So let's walk this out together. I forgive you. Can you forgive yourself? Now I'm going to ask you to go try to clean up your mess and we're going to do it together. And then I'm going to help you walk out baby step by baby step. And we're going to do this together. Love is patient and love is kind. And so how can we reflect that? We receive that. The only way you can love is by receiving love first. Oh, let him love you in all the ugly parts. If God doesn't love you in the ugly parts, he doesn't love you. And if we don't love people, even in the midst of ugly parts, we don't love people. And if we don't love ourselves, even though we have ugly things going on, we don't love because love truly is without conditions. Yeah? So kindness is another fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5.22. So guess who's going to empower you to be kind in that? So, you know, question, Jesus, how kind am I to myself? You got to be kind to yourself. Remember, you're people too. How kind am I to the others around me? How kind am I to my enemies? Anybody been in any Facebook wars lately? Oh my God, right? I mean, I I really won't engage. I'll do a little bit just in case maybe I can win someone over. But if if, if people are going to be spiteful, I'm just, I'm not going to engage, right? I just won't do it. So, um. And we need help with this. We need help with the patience and the kindness. We need empowerment. We need empowerment to um, be kind when other people are nasty. Be gracious when other people are nasty, right? And then when we say we're not kind, especially to ourselves, um, I recommend the flip it method. This will help you. So let's say 
I, I remember I used to run myself down. I mean, like it was like, I would never treat someone that poorly, but I did myself. Right. And I had to learn. So when I started like getting that and, and get these things would come down and how horrible it was and whatever, but I started to learn to flip it. So for example, when you get a, wow, oh God, I'm so stupid. You can say, well, yeah, that was pretty stupid, but you know what? I'm learning and I'm going to do better next time. It's okay. I forgive myself for stupid because <laughs> love forgives, right? Um, and you flip it, right? You flip it into something good. Well, I'm learning, I'm growing, and I'm less, I did less stupid than I did last time, right? And that's part of the patience and kindness. Let's talk about uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love as never envious nor boiling over with jealousy. Now, envy is a desire for something another person has. So if I'm envious of, let's do something like someone else's car. Well, they have the car. I don't have the car. I'm envious. Okay. Um, Well, jealousy is tied to the fear of losing something you have. So if I'm jealous, uh, you know, of my husband or whatever, or someone like a woman talking to my husband, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my husband. Fortunately, no need to be jealous. My husband's awesome and I'm secure, but that's what that would be. I'd be afraid that I would be losing him. Okay. So love is very secure, right? Love is secure. And so you can be secure. That's what he's called you. That's where you're coming from. And so this is an unveiling and you need maybe need God's steps to be there to in that security. Um, the Passion Translation, I love this, says it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Have you have you ever noticed, um, you know, people get say, yeah, but what about me? It's like, well, be happy because you're next. You know, God, you're you're not a subcategory to God. You are every bit his son and daughter. And because he's blessed someone else, uh, you've already been blessed. But the manifestation of that blessing is just a matter of time. And what that looks like, I don't know, but it's going to be good. So you can afford to rejoice. You haven't been forgotten. You need to rebel against jealousy. Um, this is a good place. No, I'm not going to do it. When you're feeling that emotion, come on. It's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then what's good to do is pray for that person. Father, forgive me of my jealousy. I forgive myself and give that person even more, right? Man, you just kick that thing in the head. It is great. A related topic to this is this issue of comparison. Uh, you know, God has made you fully acceptable and accepted and known, and loved, and he's given you gifts and talents. And so when Paul talks about it is not wise uh, to compare yourselves amongst yourselves, one another, um, because what ends up happening is either in the comparison, you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally inferior. I am totally less than. And then you walk around feeling inferior. Well, that's not godly. Or maybe you come out better, right? You come out and you end up in pride. Well, that's not good either because that's pop. No, they're one of those are love. 
So you can compare yourself to yourself. See, this is that journey of love. Like, wow, I'm so proud of myself. I did so good this time. I wasn't jealous. I didn't get insecure. I wasn't envious. Um, I, yay me, I did that. You can do that, right? Because you're giving yourself credit for your growth. So um, check yourself and give yourself credit for your progress and say, Jesus, oh crap. Okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's the thing. Help me. Okay, I receive your forgiveness. I forgive myself. Okay, help me do better uh, in this area of jealousy and um, and uh, and envy. Let's go on to the next one. Love is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. That's from First um, Corinthians thirteen four through five. So just. I had to look this up too, so don't worry. <laughs> it's a great word. Vainglory or being vainglorious is an excessive or ostentatious, showy, right? Pride, especially in one's achievements, right? It's like, wow, look at me. I'm the greatest. Well, you did great, but shut it. You know what I mean? It is conceited. It is haughty. It is arrogant and inflated with pride. The Passion Translation says, love does not brag about its own achievements, nor inflate its own importance, right? So I don't, you know, you're so amazing. You don't need to puff up squat. You start from amazing. You've got nothing to prove to anyone, even yourself. But what you may need to see is just how amazing you are so that you can be secure so that you don't have anything to show. And God is the one to show you. Now, if you're puffy buffy, yeah, he's going to kick that in the head, you know, because not kick you in the head, but kick that in the head. That pride um, is really the flip side of, of insecurity. It's like, you've got something to prove. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. And that's not this messed up, like uber fake humility, like, oh, I'm just a worm. No, you're not. You're a son and daughter. You're all that in a bag of chips, but you don't need to puff it up. And you're not better than, but you're not less than. You're a son and daughter and you've got amazing brothers and sisters and you're amazing. And we get to glory in the amazingness that God has given us and created us. And then in other people's amazing. And so this is part of the joy of growing in the Lord and becoming one as he and the father, as God, Jesus and the father uh, are one. So love is wonderfully secure and, you know, secure people are able to focus on other people. If I'm insecure, I'm constantly, what do you think of me? What do, how do I look? You know, do these jeans make my butt look fat? You know what I mean? It's just all this self-focus. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And honestly, it is annoying and painful because it's all focused on me and whatever. I'm not, when I'm having to do that, I am not focusing on you, right? So there's a time to focus on self that's appropriate, like self-care really appropriate, but then, then you're able to get outward looking and focus on others in a way that's not puffed up, um, but that actually can build up, right? So 
love sees 2020. It doesn't overvalue. It doesn't undervalue. It values properly and you're priceless. So why are you worried about how you compare with someone else? They're priceless too. Why are you trying to compare price? <laughs> priceless, priceless. There you go. And it'll be in your flavor and their flavor. And it's all wonderful. So in your self inventory, Jesus, uh, am I acting puffy? You know, this kind of, there's a, there's a thing in the culture with, like swagger and self-importance and it's just conceited. Now there's a funny swagger. And if you have a, if you have a sense of humor about your swagger, you're fine. All right. But if you're just really thinking that you're it, I'm like, yeah, well you are it. And so is everyone else. We're all the it. Uh, We're not better than, but we do need to show the glory that God gives us. And then we need to appreciate the glory that God's given everyone else. And it works its way out. Jesus, how are we doing? And you can pause and ask yourself. Um, I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, love is not rude. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where. You'll find out where I'm laughing. Uh, unmannerly. And does not act unbecomingly, 1 Corinthians 4. So, anybody notice, we are culturally in crisis in much of our culture, not every culture, of rudeness, of unmannerliness. And a lot of times our rudeness is popularized in with the context of being real. So I'm going to say to you, whatever comes into my head, it, bam, it just, right? And we're rude. Okay, no, we're not being real. We're being really rude. You see, there is a good thing as a filter. That's why God has given us the fruit of self-control. That means when I'm thinking it in my head and it is not lovely, okay, I can shut it in my head. I don't need to say everything that comes to my head in as if the idea of being real is, is the most important virtue. No, we don't be fake, okay? But really who I am is love and love operates in self-control. So I don't say everything that comes into my head or I, when someone's rude to me, um, I can use self-control. I don't have to respond in kind, in which case I've just amped up the war and then we're rude back. And then, and now we're in world war four, right? You know, great. And I have just become the thing I hate, right? Okay, um, so I'm not saying there's never a time to call things out, but there's a time where you can transcend it and overlook something or however that is. God will lead you, okay? So we we are in a crisis of that. You know, um, the age of good manners is not a current age. Manners are really good. Manners aren't fake. You want to know why? Because manners say... I value you. So I'm being considerate. I'm helping you 
feel more comfortable, right? I'm I and those are not uh uh hypocritical. They're just kind, right? They say I value you. So good manners. Um, I'm going to read the Passion Translation. This is awesome. You ready? It says, love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Wow. So the question is, what are we trafficking in? Now, I, we can point fingers all over the place. Let's not do that. Let's do like Jesus. This is a little, little self time. Jesus, how well am I doing? What am I trafficking in? Is my trafficking lovely? Is it patient? Is it kind? Is it mannerly? Is it lifting up and respecting and honoring? Is it not about me? Well, I'm going to get mine and my honor and you better honor me, Um, right? Where have we been trafficking? See, this is countercultural. We live in such a supercharged culture with so much disrespect and rudeness and shaming and, 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 and the result of that, you can either shame, disrespect, or dishonor, or you can sink in a hole of self-condemnation and being shamed and being dishonored and being belittled, or you can fall in the place of, of self-exaltation. Okay. And all of those suck because they're not the way of love. So, and you can say, yeah, I'm not playing that game. Nope, not playing that game. I don't have to. I'm going to respond in love. This is the the love that transcends. Love is eternal. All this other stuff is temporal. So spend some time here, right? Reflecting on, wow, where have I been rude? Where have I been so worn down because I've been attacked? So now I'm responding in kind. Where have I been attacking, (laughs) right? And been rude and felt justified. Yeah. No, you're not justified. There is a time to call a spade a spade. Okay. So that's called confronting in truth, but it's got to be with love. And if, if the motive behind it is to build someone else up rather than to belittle, great. But that's got to be a God-inspired thing. We need to be led by the spirit, not by our own spirits that have got something to prove. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um if we have to justify it, yeah, we're pro- you're probably not. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, there's times when you're going to blow it. Like, of course. So what do we do? In my patience and kindness, I blew it. I forgive myself. I receive forgiveness. I clean up my mess and I truck on and I take baby steps or maybe some large steps to do better. You see, as sons and daughters, it works when we own our stuff. Where was I rude? Yeah, I'm sorry. That was rude. I'm so sorry. Isn't that a, you know, if someone said that to you, how would that make you feel? And your first, unless, unless you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hammer you. But most of the people that are watching this probably would be like, no problem. I've been there before. I forgive you. And then what happens? You have an upgraded relationship. How glorious, right? Um, so we're all going to slip up, right? Um, there is a lot more to this verse, but so I'm going to continue on the next uh, session of this. So uh, let me know how this impacted you, you lovely person, you. Um, if there's some cleanup you need to do, well, welcome to the human race. It's a thing. 
but wow, you get to be manifested in a, a higher version of who you already are. And that is beautiful and lovely because you're worth it. And the way of love transcends um, all the crap. Whew, and there's joy and there's peace and there's freedom. Yay. And you get to partake of that. I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.